Wildcat Nation, welcome back to Season 3 of Wildcat Week. I'm Mike Roberts, and I'm here with special guest host Brian Wea. The athletes we are spotlighting for Episode 4 are members of our men's football team here at IWU. We have senior captain Jameis Carson and Levi Tidwell, who is a three-time MSFA all-academic athlete. So thank you both for joining us in the studio today. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much for us. having us. Yeah. I didn't even know I was three-time all Man. conference hey. academic. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I, learned academic. I did some research. Let's go. Big academic guy. Eh? Big academic guy. <laughs> we love to Academic hear. weapon. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What uh, was your major or what are your majors, any minors, kind of stuff like that? Uh, so, yeah, I got my bachelor's in marketing and management. Currently, I'm getting my master's in business administration. Yeah, my, I got two majors, youth and pastoral ministry, and then after this semester, I'll graduate and start my master's in practical theology. And what do you both want to do with that once you're done and leaving here from IWU? Um, so I would like a leadership position. I don't know exactly what that'll look like, but that's the first part. And the second part, probably later down in my career, I want to start owning businesses. So much stuff I want to do. So Yeah, a couple of things I've considered. I mean, ultimately for me, the ball's in God's court, and so kind of waiting to see uh, where I can be faithful, but the majority is I have a pastoral calling on my life, and so I want to preach, teach, uh, be a pastor in the local church. Uh, I think I want to get into missions for a little bit, too. So That's awesome. Who are some people that have been really instrumental to your success, the reason why you're here today? Hmm. Great question. Uh, I mean, I just think of the old coaching staff. Um, yeah, so nobody knows my story. I'm an old guy on the team, been here all, uh, every year the program has been going. Um, so yeah, I had the opportunity just to meet those guys, be a part of the first group, the inaugural season, the first recruiting class besides the first 50. Uh, so really just learning more about how I could help build the culture. Um, and honestly being on a new team, how I can honestly play and contribute. So, uh, I think that's probably the biggest reason. Yeah, I'd probably say the majority of the guys that, were here before me. I came in the third year uh, that the program existed. And so those guys that kind of laid the foundation of the program, uh, kind of set a culture here to be relational, uh, to have a fun atmosphere, but also to get work done. Um, and so I really enjoyed coming here just to, to know the older guys, the guys that came in with Jameis. And when you guys were growing up as kids, was it really just very sports driven? Uh, was it religious? Or was it a mix of both? Uh, super sports driven, also religious, also. But funny thing about it, I used to hate sports. Like, <laughs> what? I, yes, what? Yes, I used to hate sports. Uh, so my parents put me in football. I was bad in school, bad quote bad, <laughs> just because I was being a kid. But I was bad in school. One year I stopped playing football. My mom was like, "Bro, you need to get out of the house. You're getting on my nerves. I'm gonna put you back in football." I sucked at football. I hated it. But then I tried it out again in middle school, uh, ended up loving it, ended up like finding out like, oh, okay, I can if I do better in class, I could play. And I end up finding out I'm, I'm pretty decent, so I just kept doing it. Uh, but also, yeah, I was that faith-based also uh, with my family, going to church every Sunday. Um, when I used to get in trouble, my mom would make me write out verses, things like that. So, you know, that faith-based, but also like football was, and sports was super heavy in my house, so yeah. Bro, what were you getting into? Bro, I was just in class Bad talking, behavior. bro. Oh, you were class clown, class diarrhea, wimpy kid, drop, bro. So <laughs> me and my friends were like, okay, yeah, do this yeah. challenge. You get, like, <laughs> right, yeah, you yeah. get like five points if you do this. So I was just oh, man. I was doing it. Where are you from? 
I'm from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, by Nashville, if you don't know. You you pass by if you drive through Florida. To Florida. To Florida. Yeah. Right. right before Chattanooga. All right. You'll see it. Intersection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, my family was very sports-driven. Uh, I'm the youngest of six. Oh, so wow. every single uh, every single one of my siblings played a sport. I was the, the lone wolf when it came to football. Uh, I had two brothers, but they were big into baseball, track, cross country, stuff like that. Um, and then my all my sisters were into like soccer or cross country, and everybody did swimming. There was a point where uh, my oldest sister was a senior in high school. She was on the swimming team. I was four, and I was on the same swimming team. And then everybody in between was also on that swimming team. <laughs> it was sick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, very sports driven. Everybody did sports. Also, very faith based family. Um, we, uh, my my, a lot of my siblings remember going to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and then we we found a church outside of that, and then uh, we, that's when we really started diving deep into our. Uh, what was that special game, that special play in high school that made you think, yeah, man, I can, I can, I can compete in college. I can do this. Um, bro, you played with some dogs in high school. Tell yeah. me about that. Um, well, again, <laughs> most of the guys, you know, people come in, they always say like in college, like, oh, you're the guy in high school. And now you're not the guy in college. I was not the guy in high school. Because <laughs> I play with guys like Master Teague, uh, oh. Trey Knox is now at South Carolina, uh, playing with Ritter. What's his name? Uh, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Wow. So just playing with guys like that. I wasn't the right. guy. The same look I get now is exactly what I was doing in high school. I ran my defense. And honestly, I knew my brains. Like, bro, I can run this defense in high school. When I get to college, I can run this defense. And that's exactly what got me here and was the coaches were so impressed with. They're like, bro, I have these dudes that's been in the system for a year already with the first 50, and I have this freshman that can already run our defense and probably knows more than anybody else. Like, that was my gift. So I think that was the biggest reason I knew, like, oh, I can get on the board and I can draw up plays. I'm literally the D coordinator on the field. And also, I can also play. So it's like a mixture of both of that. That gives me a little advantage. Yeah, that moment for me was my sophomore year. I think it was the second game that I started. Um, I had 15 catches against a Division One uh, Ohio football program. Mm. Mm. And, I mean, they just went they just went zone the whole time. I had a good quarterback, and we were always on the same page. I was able to find the window. And so, um, yeah, 15 catches was crazy. As a that 15 is crazy. Old, How many yards? Uh, I literally only had like 167 yards. <coughs> sounds familiar. Only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds ten, very ten familiar. catches, 190 yards. <laughs> that average Touch is up. low. Like I'm, I, I'm getting eight yards a pop and then just falling down. Man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, that was probably the game for me. All right. So diving into this, how and why did you choose IWU over any other school? Uh, for me, it was just my visit. Like going to these other colleges. Um, interacting with the coaches. Most of them, I think I didn't really get to interact with the head coach. Uh, so I think that was the biggest thing. Coming here, man, I was one-on-one with Coach Langs. Coach Langs was in the in the whole process. He was talking to me, sitting in his office. Uh, whereas, again, I go to these other colleges, like, okay, I'm talking to the corner or the DB's coach, and then I don't meet the DC. I don't really talk to the head coach, and it wasn't really personal. But when I got here, it was super personal. Uh and the school aspect, I knew I wanted to grow my faith. I knew I didn't want to stay, at least in Tennessee. I wanted to get away, become my own person, develop my own stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was two reasons. Just football, I knew I would play, meeting the coaches. They were super personal. 
uh, know I could build a culture here, uh, and then also know I could grow my faith and grow as a man also. So, Yeah, for me, I was looking primarily for a good ministry program. And so I was looking uh, at different ministry programs, and I, I would sit down with professors and talk to them about their ministry program and uh, how it was going, what people were doing outside of it. And honestly, like, professors from other schools that were, like, biblical theology professors were, like, just bummers. Like, they were just kind of old heads that, like, didn't have a super big passion. And then I came here and I met Charlie Alcock. Mm. Mm. And I was like, this is wildly different. I was like, this dude actually, like, loves the Lord, wants wants the youth to know the Lord. And I saw that passion. I was like, I really want to come here. And then I met the coaching staff, and literally everybody was buff. I was like, every every single dude on this coaching staff can I bench three fifteen couple times like with that with ease, and I was like, if if they're willing to go through the work, like I want to learn from them, and so that that's what impressed me about yeah. it. So with Langs leaving and the entire coaching staff from last year, mm-hmm. um, was there any thoughts about transferring for you guys individually? Um, wouldn't say transferring. You were probably thinking about not coming back more than transferring. Yeah, I was heavy talking with Ben Farrell like every week. Like, bro, what are you deciding? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, bro, how are you thinking about it? Um, I remember spring in, in the winter workout we were running, and I literally brought Coach Locke to the side. I'm like, bro, I'm honestly wondering if I should just coach, bro. Like, I don't know if I keep on to keep playing. Um, had contemplation more in the summer. Uh Coaches eventually end up asking me, like, hey, bro, would you like to coach? Do you want to be a DB coach? Literally sat there, and uh, you can ask them to this day. I was there like, oh, maybe <laughs> that's my calling, bro. Maybe, like, no physical impact, nothing. I would stop physically. I'd just get to coach, <laughs> still get to do what I came back for, you know, help the team. Um, uh, but I think, really, God spoke through two people. I would say Xander and Neil. Literally had conversations with them, and it was just like, Neil was like, bro, I, I don't think I could be the same without you on the team. I, like, being my last year, you would just help me so much and what you do for the team. So I think that was like a, a factor like, okay, I can do way more playing with this team and, and everything with the culture. And also, you know, in respects to the people that came in the past also, like I'm that guy, I'm that bridge between the past and Coach Langs and the staff and the guys that put in to build the program and also the future where Coach Rody is going to take it and these young guys developing for the program. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about transferring at all. I mean, I knew I knew that my career, I don't have that many years, and so, and I know that I loved it here. I will have so many people. Uh, not that I would be guilt-tripped into it, but I just have so much love for the people here that I didn't want to leave them. Um, so, I mean, and, and with Coach Rudy coming in and meeting him and, like, understanding what the new offense was going to look like, and knowing that he wasn't just going to bring a bunch of people in to replace me mm-hmm. and to know, like, I'm not just going to be a fullback this year and I right. actually get to do what a wideout does. Uh, it actually got me pretty excited to to play football and stay here. And so I never I never think that actually crossed my mind. Also, with your <coughs> defensive coordinator uh, leaving as well, I spoke with uh, Drake Deshetsky and he was like, Coach, kind of sit – kind of alerted you guys made you guys think he was coming back but then he left so the uh, drake was like the game was kind of personal for him did, did, did that is that kind of accurate for you guys did it feel personal as well or how'd you guys just feel about him leaving as well uh for sure 
Yeah, like, I mean, anything in sports, yeah. you can make personal, you make personal. Yeah, and I think the biggest fact was he left to a team that we literally played the next year. Right. So it's just like, all right, yeah, we definitely got that circled on our <laughs> calendar. That's one thing you don't do. But I think that's just the, the culture of our program. Like, every year we find, or just sports in general, especially football, you find any little thing, you, like, find a reason to play that team the next year. So and throughout the years we've been here, it's been, like, little bitty things like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, all got that game circle, and you just like, I guess it's just like a motivating factor even more than besides playing the game you love, but also like, okay, yeah, a little chip on my shoulder because our DC left, but like, all props to him, he deserved the opportunity, and you know it'll end up working out because he's a great guy. So, Wait, um, so after the game, like, did you guys uh, go up to him? What were some? I didn't find him. him. Oh, you didn't? I oh. couldn't find him. You probably. I found him. him. Yeah, <laughs> what a moment, man! He was just. I think he was he was excited to see us, uh, but also it just brought out memories. Like, yeah, he was like, "Man, I miss you and I love you." And I was like, "Yeah, for sure." And I hope he would just wasn't saying that because he lost. Right. But right, like, yeah. But yeah, I know yeah. me me and him, <laughs> me and him had a tight relationship. Like for these other guys, it might be a little different. Uh, but like, I saw him from the bottom. I saw him when we first came in. Bro was literally like, he was younger than Coach Blair or Zach Blair, our starting QB. And, like, he literally was probably, like, a GA, bro. Literally just ran downstairs, go grab the laptop. If Coach Langs forgot it, plug it up. And we didn't call him Coach Byer. He was just Byer. That's where it all came from. And now seeing him work all the way to D.C. And, bro, is literally, like, probably going to be a mastermind in defensive scheme and everything and just seeing him elevate. I think it was heavy for me. but So transitioning into the roadie era, as we talked about, what has been the biggest challenge that you guys had to face so far since he's been here in the past eight months? Uh, I'll say <coughs> Rudy's on the offensive side. So the biggest adjustment was the playbook and the terminology. Um, last year it was we're going to draw up a play and you're going to do what the drawing says. Whereas Rudy's mind c- works completely different than that. It's not like we're going to – draw it up and you just run a drawing there's a million things to read and at the end of the day play football get open and be on the same page as everybody um i think it was way more strict last year with where people needed to be what personnel needed to do what and this year it's like we want to do so much up, up tempo that it's like the most important thing is lining up fast and then everybody will know conceptually what they have after that, so the biggest adjustment for the offense was tempo, uh, the terminology. I mean, when you get a new playbook, you have to learn a completely different language, um, and especially for offense, when you're having eight to nine word play calls, you have to learn uh, at least three hundred new words just to learn a playbook, and then you have to pair them together to make a sentence in order to see a play, and so there was just a lot of processing uh, on the offensive side this summer and throughout the spring of uh, just understanding what Coach Rohde wanted, and he did a really good job of communicating all that. And um, So the, the biggest adjustment was just trying to figure out his offensive brain. Uh, yeah, and I guess for us, you know, having a coaching staff that was defense-focused, you know, their expertise was defense. Now it's flipping, okay, now we got a head coach that's offensive mind. Uh, so now just, I know, we just prepared ourselves for – Hey, man, in practice, it's going to be more offense. Like, it's going to be more offense. Like, in drills, it's going to be more offense. Built for offensive stuff. You know, we may get cut short of some stuff. Offense, you know. So just knowing, like, 
you know, we may not get that advantage that we usually get in practice. Like, in practice, it's like more like, okay, offense get their stuff, but, hey, you know, hey, I favor the defense. We're going to – this is for the defense. Now it's for the offense. Now it's go okay, how do we carry that? How do we keep the tempo up on our own? How do we remain focused on our own? How do we work on our stuff on our own, knowing that, hey, this might, stuff might be most suited or more, more specifically uh, built for the offense. So just learning that and also – I mean, physically, you know, he likes to run tempo. He likes to, man, I mean, I've the never. play count, the yeah, practice. All that. Uh, we've never went full gear as much as we went with this guy yeah. uh, than with Coach Langs, I think, ever in my career. So yeah. just stuff like that and us being vets, you know, and vets, you, you, you know, we talk about veteran days. Like, man, oh, I can chill today, you know. But yeah. I think he's really challenged me, like, no, nah, bro, I want to practice every day. Like, if we want to go live, cool, let's go play ball. I love it. Let's go. And just – challenging myself even though I'm a vet where I could be like you know ah uh, you know I'm a vet man you could just go young guys go but no like oh, okay I'm gonna accept the challenge I'm gonna go play football and have fun and then probably culturally yeah. the biggest difference has been we just do a lot of stuff together now yeah, yeah. like we do a lot of organized team bonding to team building yeah. like the only purpose is just to go have fun meet new meet uh the freshmen and also just dive into your relationship with the other guys and so yeah before it was kind of just like on your own and it was encouraged they did a good job of encouraging it but now it's more organized mm -hmm. and uh almost like mandatory fun like when you're like when your family has forced fun yeah. they hate being there but then once you get there it's a lot of fun yeah. uh so just a lot of team bonding and we just do a lot of stuff together which is which is actually you're seeing the fruits of it now yeah yeah, I'm actually very happy that you brought that up um, about the new culture and everything like that. So with me being on the team, I understand this a little bit mm -hmm. uh, more than the average person would. Um, with the new faith journey that we have taken as a team and mm -hmm. that Rody has implemented in our lives and just a much stronger and a larger importance on faith, how has that affected you um, coming into this year? i say for me, it was cool to see guys lead spiritually that I've never seen us lead spiritually i mean we had we had, uh every single morning in camp in the month of august a different dude would lead devotions and there were some dudes where i i'd been with them for four years and i never knew that they were that spiritually deep mm -hmm. uh and to hear them talk from the heart about scripture about the word of god um was really encouraging to me because i was like wow we have we really do have dudes that are mature in their faith uh so for me it was like we came into this new program where our faith is the center of it, of everything that we do. Uh, every single, we don't have a single meeting where we don't pray. Um, and so it was really cool to see everybody kind of rise up and legitimately take their faith serious and to uh, lead other people in their walks with, with Christ. Um, yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me was just, him allowing us to be who we are and who we're called to be. Yeah. So for me, you know, everybody knows, at least on the team knows, I'm a big leadership guy uh, and a big motivator. And with Coach Langs, it was like, man, this staff is juice. These are young guys. Man, they're ready to go. They can motivate you. But now it's like Coach Rody's more laid back. Like, hey, I got a guy like Jameis. Jameis, hey, you lead this. And I remember, you know, one day we got rained out from our thing and we just did the try not to laugh. And that small moment, he entrusted me with, you know, running that one thing. And it's just like, yeah. he's allowing me to learn and build my skills and the gifts that God has gave me in that moment. And it's so appreciative. And you see him do things like that all the time. Hey, Xander, 
hey, Xander, go ahead and lead this. Hey, Levi, yeah. Levi, I know this is your gift. Hey, got the wide receivers in this, got the team in this, got the team spiritually in this, and the little things like that. Um, just like Levi said, seeing other guys do things like that, stepping up. You know, I can think of guys like Neil Campbell that probably, you know, in the past years would never been able or been put in this position or challenged in a position of, hey, lead this devotional and seeing Neil go up there, even though he may be scared or nervous or, you know, a new experience, he still goes up there and he kills it. And everybody now sees like, oh, that's cool. Neil Campbell, a guy that, you know, all American eventually, all conference, all these accolades are a guy that you may think like, oh, I'm a little freshman. I can never talk yeah. to Neil Campbell and right. see him go up there and lead a devotional. It's like, okay, that's inspirational yeah. and that's cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I would have wanted as a freshman yeah. to see is the older guys lead spiritually and to, to see the relationship with Christ. Yeah, just tackling on that a lot more. Uh, so what's that like for, let's say, you know, the new freshmen, the transfers, they're coming into this environment where there's a huge emphasis on faith. Uh, how have they embraced that? Is it like a culture shock with them? Because they're coming from schools, you know, right. other high schools where, you know, they probably didn't pray in yeah. uh, uh, the locker room. They didn't uh, do devotion. So how have they embraced this? Yeah, I, w- I would give some credit to Coach Rody. He's really, uh, he'll acknowledge the elephant in the room. He'll just be like, you don't have to believe that Jesus resurrected. You don't have to. But that does that's not going to change our culture. At the end of the day, you chose to came here, uh, and, and we didn't lie to you in your recruiting process. We were going to honor God with everything that we did. And so uh, whether you believe that, you're going to experience it. And I think... Uh, the majority of the guys that I've talked to, uh, we have like family meetings where we get mm-hmm. to talk to a lot of the transfers and freshmen where they get a platform just to share how everything's going. And in my, my experience, even guys who've come from really uh, secular public backgrounds have, uh, if not loved it, they've definitely been more curious and it has driven them into a place where they can acknowledge God more and they can uh, mm-hmm. uh, ask questions about their faith and, and really have boots onto the ground, kind of rubber meets the road kind of thing. Yeah, and I would say along the same lines, like it challenges you and it shows you a, a, a new a new path, like a new, a different way of living. Uh, so like say a guy from, you know, inner city comes here, you know, probably living a different lifestyle, but comes here and you come here and you see uh, maybe people that's been around more in the longer in their faith and you see how they live their life. And it's like, oh, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can get to know this guy. And then it challenges you. Like, oh, maybe I can implement this into my own life. Oh, we're praying. Maybe that's something I can do more often. Oh, we're going to chapel. You know, I keep hearing this stuff. And it's like, oh, maybe it starts to, you know, embed into my own life. And now, you know, when I go home, it looks a whole lot different. You know, I may still have, I may see my friends living like that. And it's like, uh, okay, that's not part of my lifestyle anymore. It's not what I see at Iwu and not how I want to live my life anymore because I see the fruits of different things. So I think just seeing a different way of life and also being challenged also in your faith. Is yeah. a is there a player in particular that you've seen change because of this? Um, not really change, but I mean, it's a lot of guys that I have conversations with that I don't think I ever would have had a conversation with. So I can think of a guy like Drake. You mentioned Drake earlier. You know, I mean, I might say hi about it, Drake, have small talk. But I remember just one day specific, he came to me and was like, hey, man, can you pray for me? Like, can you pray with me, man? I'm, I'm struggling with football, whatever. And it was, it was just an intimate moment. And I think from there, it built a kind of foundation for us. Like, 
not only him coming to me, man, that's like respectful of him. It's like, man, okay. But also me like, oh, I got to pray with Drake. That's something like I wouldn't have the opportunity. I just wouldn't randomly do. But that's something like something cool. I think also, man, we went to church seeing like Tay and a guy like Josiah go to the front to the altar to want to be prayed for. Something like, hey, that's something cool. You know, nobody would think like me, me and all them to have a moment like that. And it's just like, oh, that's a cool moment for us to have and to share and always to remember something small like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a dude, uh, he's a transfer DB where he came to Thursday Night Football Bible Study and the next day he was like, hey, I really enjoyed the event that we had last night. Uh, I'll be there every week. And I was like, I never would have, I never would have expected that from him uh, just looking outwardly, but he really he seemed to enjoy it. Just and All we do there is eat pizza and talk about the Word of God. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's it's been cool. I, I can think of a couple people where it's just like they came in spiritual infants, um, and then they're maturing and progressing. Uh, I can see within every month and every year. All right, so let's take a deeper dive into this season specifically, and what a remarkable season it's been. Uh, it's the first four and zero start in program history, mm-hmm. and the highest ranking number four in all of NAI which is a remarkable feat to have for any team, any division, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Being 4-0 in college football is hard to do. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it, a lot of unnoticed things that players and coaches have to do, especially during the summer. Mm -hmm. I know that waking up at 5.30 every day from May to uh, July was not the typical summer that you wanted to spend. I know that personally. I'd yep. rather spend <laughs> time with my family yeah. and see yeah. my grandparents and everybody back at home. But I think that having that extra push where the coaches were yeah. like, we're going to be here too. We're going to do this together. You guys aren't going to do it alone. Yeah. And we had, what, 60, 65 guys here this summer. Yeah. And that's the most it's ever been. Yeah. In the years past, it's been maybe like 30, 35. And it was really awesome just to see how close everybody got together. Where it's just like, we're going to struggle through this together and we're going to keep on doing it each and every single day. So my question for you is, how has it been receiving such high honors with a completely new team this year? Yeah, I would say being undefeated comes with a lot of temptations uh, to become complacent and to slack off. I mean, we think we got we just went through a pretty good gauntlet of teams um, and it can get very easy the easy thing to do is to say oh my gosh we just beat some really good teams uh we only have to work this hard to be successful um and so being undefeated in a way is a little bit harder than having a loss because you get a loss you get humbled uh and then you know the work that it needs to be put in and so um i know i know for my guys on the receiving core and on the offense we just try to come into practice every day and humble ourselves. Um, we might be 4-0, but we're not 10-0 yet, and we're, we didn't win the Natty yet. And so we have no place to slack off or um, kind of become comfortable. Uh, yeah, and I would say defensively, um, man, just as a whole team, first you get a new a new head coach. So first off, that always, I mean, if you see that in the program, in, an, in any program, or if you see that in a, you know, a program like ours, it's like, okay, something's going to be missing. Something's not going to be right. They got to rebuild a new culture. He has to, you know, gain trust. Uh, but then also mixing that with, man, we got a super young team, guys that haven't played a lot of snaps. 
if they did, it was minimal, you know, specific reasons they played. Um, so just a mixture of, of those two, you would think like, oh, okay, yeah, they're on the downturn. But to see we're four and zero, and it's like, okay, it's glad I glad I'm at least I am. I'm like, super excited to see, man. The standard hasn't changed at all. It didn't change at all. Defense, especially defense, the the standard there and the things we've done being, I mean, the number one defense in the nation in the past two years. It's like okay, the standard isn't there. And then you also mix in, man. Hey, we don't have a lot of staff members. We're missing some staff members. We have a whole new DC. Again, a whole new OC. It's just like all the combination of these things. I could be like, man, hey, you shouldn't, you should fail, you should fail. But then you see now, okay, four and zero, man, we're scoring points, big points out there. You seeing guys like Levi step up, uh, Micah, I can shout you out, man. You seeing you step up, going to get your first sack. You see guys like Caleb Williams, Robbie. You see old faces, Neil Campbell having an All American year with his stats. Uh, you see me, you know, I've been playing for a long time. Now it's still looking different. Uh, me just having more fun and playing more free. You see Isaac Abeo, you know, still dominating, uh, but you also see his counterparts also stepping up and having big games. Uh, so just a mixture of all those things, like, it's exciting. It's exciting to see a new team with a new head coach keeping the same standard it had in the past uh, while also you seeing new faces and new people come in and contribute. Uh, so really just showing, like, man, this is a real team. The culture's still there. Uh, man, and we just, again, we're chasing – spiritual growth but also we want to play ball we want to have fun and compete at the highest level so Jameis, you was just named the mid-states football association east player of the week after a strong performance last week you were one of the team leaders in tackles with 12 and you also had an interception knowing you just being that captain the leader on the defense the mentor to the young uh players just describe the mo the emotions you felt after hearing that news and how the team came around you after that news too um i think it's just exciting um again i think it proved to myself um you know that i still have it that i still can play you know you can think of you know a six-year guy you know maybe he's washed or like he's supposed to be playing elite and i think that just showed like hey i'm still that guy i still can play i still can go out and have fun and play free uh, and i think that's the biggest thing from last game like i really just got to play free uh, and show, like, my gifts. Uh, so I'm not necessarily the most gifted guy. I can't go out and probably have a Neil Campbell game. But I do have talents, right? I can go play ball. And I think that was just one of the one of the games I really got to go play free and show, like, hey, I can still ball. Like, I should be respected. Six years mean something when you're playing football. I played enough football to go out there and be a dog. Uh, but, again, I couldn't do it without defense coordinator Coach Locke. I couldn't do it without the other uh, ten guys on the field. Um, and I couldn't do it without the rest of the team. Uh, and Coach Rohde and the offense challenged me every day uh, and continue to uh, and me continue to grow through all that. So shouts out to my team and D.C. and all the other guys. And for you, Levi, you had a record-breaking game last Saturday against Roosevelt and a very important win of 35-14. to 14. You had 10 catches. Obviously, that's not as much as your 15 back <laughs> in high school, you know, <laughs> your <laughs> sophomore year. <laughs> but – you did have 190 yards, and that did break the school record, and you had a one touchdown to top off your performance. What were you thinking during the game, and kind of just describe that feeling and of emotion? Yeah, well, so Coach Byer went to Roosevelt, so he runs the same defense that we run. So I've been going against his defense for four years, uh, except he just implemented it there. So the defense that they run is infant 
compared to the defense that we run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like I knew where the guys were supposed to be more than they did. And so that was a huge advantage because I've been seeing this day in, day out, and now I just actually get to play for it, and then I and the stats count. <laughs> so right. um, during the game, it was kind of like uh, early on, I felt like I had the hot hand. So uh, on a lot of our formations, we can kind of choose where we want to be. We, we know what's going to be open. And so a lot of the guys cut behind me and were like, hey, if you want this route, we know it's going to be open, and uh, you seem to be having the day, so go ahead and take it. Um, and then just throughout the game, I con- uh, catch after catch, your confidence builds. Mm-hmm. And so um, we just kind of hit it early and then uh, it carried into the later quarters. And so this summer you guys took a trip to Denver, Colorado, uh, where you spent three – Three or four days? It was like five. Five? Was five, it five days? Four. Five with travel. Five with travel. Okay. Um, kind of just talk us through that experience. What did you guys do, and what are some of the memories that you kind of <laughs> take away from that trip? Man, let's just, just uh, <laughs> I'm going to forget a lot of it, but Man. okay. Number one, we get there and what? We, we do some uh, whitewater rafting. Yeah. That was that was the first thing. Uh, I think almost every single raft flipped, really, except one. <laughs> um, and this is like, like people have been rafting, and like, yeah, like he said he he did it in Tennessee. Uh, D-Bock did. D-Bock D-Bock did it in did Tennessee, Tennessee, and it was like a couple mm. weeks earlier. And then he came to Colorado and did it, yeah. and he was like, it doesn't even compare. Nothing. Like it was a stroll through Tennessee, but Colorado, dude, it's a nightmare. Yeah, like the waves are absolutely insane. Uh, you, we had a, uh, what would you call it? The, the jacked bro that was, uh, oh, uh, uh, instructor, our instructor was dude. Our instructor was like an army veteran, (laughs) like was putting down energy drinks, just absolutely insanely jacked, Um, dislocated his ankle literally like a couple weeks, a couple weeks before it was like his second day back and told us, yeah. And told us in the middle of it, like, yeah, I just dislocated my ankle. A couple weeks ago, this is my like my second trip back on the water, which yeah. is like, bro. And then he goes, and then he goes, yeah. A couple months ago, the the water was really high. We had like three people die, but and we were like, Excuse what? Me? Yeah. Just casually, just casually, casually just drops <laughs> yeah. that in the conversation. Just keeps rowing. Yeah, just casually kept <laughs> telling like, us. I went off. <laughs> yeah, he just kept telling us stories about things that happened. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, whoa, we don't want to hear about some of this yeah. stuff. We're trying to enjoy ourselves. Cool. And, yeah. then, and then we would go down like this terrible rapid and he'd be like you guys just wait wait to see what's coming because that was nothing My goodness it was just wild <laughs> yeah so white water rafting was definitely fun some yeah. dudes definitely thought they were about to die yeah scary moments for the yeah. program <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, had bro. some guys uh traumatized yes one guy didn't say a word the rest of the trip really? like he saw a like ghost did yeah didn't say one word yeah, bro. Oh scarred yeah it was wild fun like, though yeah uh then what let's see what what do we do after that I want to wrap then. Then we went hiking. Then we, okay. Yeah, so the hike. Peak. So let's talk about the hike. Bro. You uh, have to. You have to. So 13 miles. 13 miles. 10 hours of just walking. And what time did we start? We woke up at 2 a.m. I think we got there probably at 3. 3.50 or yeah, something like that. Something like that. Almost started. So we God. wake up at 2 a.m. You eat breakfast because you need fuel for the day. Yeah. Then we have to travel there. And then we get there. We do a Devo. Go to the bathroom. Go. Yeah, start hiking up the hill. And, bro, like, we started 4,000 feet up. Man, 
We killed the first six miles. Bro, the first six miles we were killed so it. dope. Like, we were like, yes, Everybody, let's go. Everybody's spirits were high. Man. Co- like, uh, glad tidings. Coach Chris was around. just, like, giving us <laughs> bits from the Bible scriptures. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, let's go. It was go. pure bliss the yes. first six miles. And then those last. And then And then the four came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the last three hours, we ran out of uh, we ran out of water. Ran out snacks. of water. I don't we, know if we. No, that we didn't eat the whole time. We didn't. We like, had no protein meals. bars, apples, electrolyte packets, and that's mostly all we ate. Like you ate some peanut butter sandwiches before you left the camp, and that was it. Some Gatorades, Powerades, and yeah. wow, that's what you had to survive off of. And then some dudes just thought, "Man, I really got to go to the bathroom up here." And so we had Coach Rody had to teach us how to sanitarily. <laughs> Clean oneself when you're in the woods. In the woods, wow. man. After, you know, yeah. taking care of your business. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He said. He said. Uh, he he doesn't recommend a leaf. He said he he either no. take the little pricks off a stick or go with a smooth rock. Yeah. So uh, and survivor. So survivor. Literally, people yeah. out of football. <laughs> you survivor. Find yourself out there. Oh my I will God. football. We would definitely lose. <laughs> yeah, we literally would. But that was crazy. And, like, once you get to a certain elevation, so the top was 14,000? Yeah, 14,000 yeah. yeah. feet elevation. Wow. So you get to a point where not even the trees can survive. Yeah. Because right. there's not enough oxygen. So, like, it's just rocks. And you're just looking down on the city of Colorado Springs. Yeah. And it just looks like the little, like, you can't even see cars. It's like it, buildings look like rice. Hmm. It's wild. And you just get a massive headache when you don't have yeah. enough hydration. You are getting slowed down by some people who are not in hiking condition at all. <laughs> Shout out to linemen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't do that. Anyone no. specific? Uh, hey, they trooped it out, though. Hey, first off, I'm, a, I'm happy. They so trooped Robbie almost died. A couple Robbie times. was about this dehydrated. I'm talking about, like, not like. fell down the hill. Like, I'm talking about, like, passing out. And we're like almost to the top, probably a mile and a half from the top. Bro, literally almost fell off the cliff. So imagine me, the shortest guy probably on the team, <laughs> trying to hold up Robbie yeah. as he's falling down. And yeah. I'm calling for help. It was, yeah, Robbie's one. It was another coach that struggled, like, honestly. But, like, everybody said at the end, yeah. that was the hardest thing that we've ever Hard, Like, I'm talking about. Without a doubt. Like, literally, if we talk about faith experiencing, like, a faith moment. There's yeah. no way 22 people should have made it up that mountain. No way. With three people struggling, and we literally had to carry. When I mean, like, I'm not talking about, like, eh, carry. Carry. Carry these guys up a mountain 10 hours, carrying multiple backpacks, no food. We yeah. ran out of water. We get up to the top, and it's nothing but rocks, bro. It starts raining. Hailing. Hailing. And we have a train ticket. And it's the last train. Last train. Out. And we were ma- so we made it. you don't it. make it to the yeah. train, you have to walk, walk back, back down. down. And we had it with like 30 minutes to spare. So we were late. And then oh, it wow. started thunder and lightning. So imagine thunder and lightning on when you're on top of a mountain like the, at you, the highest point. You, you're right. touching the clouds at that point. Yeah. yeah. So like it was points where like Coach Roddy was just like, hey, man, this is an emergency. We have to go. And when I say like we all like at the end, we all were like, Bro, I think I prayed the rest of the way to the top. Yeah. Like, literally, I think I honestly, me, myself, I prayed, like, 
and like somebody could have fell. Mm. Like literally it was a faith moment. When we got to the top, you know, Coach Rody talked about it the whole time. Like it's a different experience, right? When you go through it and you do it, it's like, okay, I feel it where everybody else, like you can go take the easy route. You can drive up to the top. You can take the train to the top. We were up there bawling. I'm talking about grown men bawling yeah, their was, eyes out. I was crying. Bawling their eyes out and everybody in there is just like, but then you also see the respect of it. Like, we get on a train, and then, like, shout out to the Iowa football team that just hiked the whole mountain, and everybody's clapping, and they know, like, bro, that's not an easy task. And I don't even think we knew. Coach Rody didn't, didn't even know it was going to be had that no, hard. We had no idea we were getting into. Yeah, so uh, you're welcome to the classes after us. You will never have you to do the hike have again. You will never have to do Pikes Yes. So <laughs> shout out to y'all. Also, Thank it won't you. be as fun. Right, so we had fun. And don't be deceived. Like, there wasn't fences. Like, no. It was like, just, yeah, like, there were some drop-offs. Straight rocks. Yeah. And, then, and then there were false summits. So that you would get, I think like seven hours in, I was like, guys, we're really close to finishing. Yeah. Because I see the top right there. <laughs> it's right there. And then it's and literally right there. When and I tell then you, we would get to the top, and then there would be another <laughs> top. No, for, for probably the last four hours, we kept seeing people come down. We we're like, hey, how long to the top? And everybody kept saying, I think about an hour and a half. And, we and were, when I tell you, five people said, probably about an hour and a half. And we're like, bro, we just talked to two people. They just two said an hour and ago, a half. Two hours ago, bro. Two hours ago, they said an hour and a half. Like, what like, what do you doing? mean? Yeah. It was wild. It was fun. And then, uh, yeah, did that. Everybody, great experience. Then we yeah. went paintballing. Um, I went skydiving. Yeah, he went skydiving. Yeah. That was sick. We went uh, ATVing. Do not go ATVing in Colorado. They have a speed limit Yeah. on the thing. So we hit, yeah, 22. 22. 22. It was trash. Yeah, you guys are wild. Sights was beautiful, though. Like, yeah. you can't go anywhere and get the sights we got. Yeah. But we wanted to go fast. That's yeah. why you get on ATVs. <laughs> yeah. um, but also going with some uh, ding-dongs on our team. Yeah. They like to <laughs> and play around. So we almost got crash. Yeah, No, but they almost got kicked off. Oh. Within the first two minutes, he was like, if you do it again, I will kick you off. That's and we paid all, a good amount of money for that. So. Yeah. But, and, then, uh, and then Tay at the airport. You remember Tay at the airport? Oh, forgot his. Lost his wallet. Lost his wallet. No. Didn't know if he could get out of Denver. Yeah. So we were, a lot of stuff. Did he end up finding it? Yes. Was it in his backpack or something? It was like in his yeah backpack or <laughs> pocket, and he found it like a week later. And we were like, Tay, great job. <laughs> we also need to talk about Neil's favoritism on that trip. We need to talk about that. We don't get too deep, but uh, <laughs> Gidley... Let's just talk about the airport experience. Man, okay, me, so you and Xander. You wanna you wanna tell a story? Yeah, sure. Man. Me, so me, Jameis, and Xander, we were trying to find places to eat. So we're like, all right, we need some place cheap. You know, we're just broke college students. You know, let's just walk around, find what's cheapest, and, and we're like starving. Like we need a whole dinner. We just got done paintballing. Which this is another thing about every single day. Every single day was like eighteen hours. Man. Like we did not sleep yeah. on the strip. Um, so we're exhausted. We need some food. So we start walking places and it's either too expensive, too long of lines or sweet trash food. So we settle on like this little bagel shop and we get like bagel sandwiches and stuff. And it's like $9. You get this little tiny thing. Well, bro, we walk past this steakhouse (laughs) and Neil and some coaches and Gidley are sitting down. Eating fifty dollar steaks, having fun, man. No way. <laughs> That's why I didn't get the invite. I don't know where to. <laughs> wow. Bro, what? So we go back just eating our little. We're just having sandwiches. our little. We literally are eating a bagel for dinner. Well, he's getting 
just and we were wondering we were meal. like where are all the coaches man where is literally yeah man it's like nobody over here and they come back just full and then <laughs> yeah we and then our Fine flight ended up getting, our flight just keep getting delayed oh, pushed that. back we thought we had to stay another day <laughs> yeah. so meanwhile we're in there uh are surviving off of a bagel sandwich and those guys had 50 dollars steaks and wild. Living life. wild so if you want to know how the trip went that was the trip. For Neil <laughs> that was the trip. For Neil Campbell, uh, all American, like I said, was getting all American treatment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you didn't watch Swap Kings, you know he was our, he was a star player. Yeah, Ibu's version. Yes, he was Ibu's version of a star player. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was the trip. Super fun. Um, awesome trip. Something dude. the program has never experienced, and honestly, I think that was one of the ways that Coach Rody built trust with a lot of guys, seeing his leadership and. You know, him doing some of that stuff with us and seeing him struggle also, but also push through with us and all of us together. Yeah. So. so another question that I guys have that I have for you guys is what should the student body of IWU know about this new culture that Rody has brought to the team and to this p- program and to the entire campus? I would say it's the same, but it's elevated. I think he knew that coming into it. It was like, man, I'm not getting a hand-me-down you know, team that's like, oh, we need you to go win. No, bro's getting an elite. I can think – I can only imagine, like, a comparison of, like, a guy coming behind Nick Saban. It's like, no, bro, you have a standard, and you have to meet the standard, but also you have to elevate and take it to the next level. So him getting that, he knew, man, I got to go win games first off because this is a winning program. People are expecting a national championship. And also, I'm the OC, man. People want to come and watch this offense – get even better. And I think we're kind of living up to that, but we also got to see more fruits of that and, and there's more to come. Uh, but I think that's the biggest thing, man, you come into the game, it's going to be elite defense, which you clearly see, but also it's going to be, man, we want to go score a lot of points. Coach Rody talks about a lot about, man, we want 60 at halftime. And that's what you're going to come see. You're going to come see a defense that shuts out people and you're going to see an offense that's, man, we're going to play just like our defense. We're going to go score 60 on you and just a fun environment. So adding that into our environment already that has been and the crowd, man, that's going to be an exciting experience for a college student to come see and experience. Yeah. And then something I would add is I would want the student body to know that the program doesn't really allow you to be the stereotypical football jock. Mm-hmm. Like you will not find a guy that comes through four years and walk out like, prideful and think that I'm better than everybody just because I play sports and I'm just going to isolate and stay to myself and just I'm only a football player like the program doesn't allow that uh coach Rody wants to build men and everybody around uh wants to do the same and so what I want to tell them is like I mean have grace with the freshmen and the new guys but once they get through the process and the system like they're just going to be some first of all elite human beings Mm -hmm. and second of all some humble Christ followers. So do you have any uh, superstitions or game day traditions that are necessarily necessary before you play? Mm. Like just walk me through like from the moment you wake up on game day and just the hours leading to where, where you uh, take your place on the field. Like how, how's a typical day, game day for you guys? Uh, for me, uh, it's the night before. So like tonight. Uh, I, literally literally after I was, was going <laughs> to say the same thing. <laughs> Uh, man, me and Donnie 
every Friday we used to just go to a facility and prepare our locker, clean out our locker, clean it up, set out the stuff we want to wear, and we would just blast music. Sadly, I don't have Donnie anymore, but I still go do it by myself. Um, and if anybody knows me, I listen to Christian hip-hop. So just to go in and blast Christian hip-hop, the music I want to hear, and basically worship the night before in my own way. It's just like, man, that's my tradition. That's what I love to do. So, Yeah, yeah mine starts the night before. Uh, we have a – so we get tips and tricks from our wide receivers coach. And so it has a riddle on there. It has some questions about their defensive personnel. And then you have, like, 24 uh, plays to draw up, like, uh, of our more complicated uh, play calls, just so everybody knows what they're doing. Um, so after this, I got to go do some homework for football. Uh, so it starts with that. And also, I drink an entire Pedialyte the night before. Um, and then I wake up the next morning. I do my Devos. I drink a Gator Light. Hmm. And then uh, – then I, I get started from there. Big hydration guy. Big, big hydration yeah, guy. Big hydration. Can't be cramping out here. <laughs> Can't be. All right. Biggest thing I want to say, anybody out there listening, I want to plant the seed now. You can be spiritually strong, and you can also be an elite sports athlete. Mm. Mm. You were looking at two guys right here, not to toot our own horn or praise us. We were, leading, lo- were looking at two guys that lead Thursday night Bible study for this football team, and you also see the fruits of that this past week. He broke the program record. I got MSFA player of the week. Uh, but you also see, man, we're busting our butt on the field, but you also see we take care of our stuff academically, and also we lead our team spiritually. So you, if anybody out there, yes, you can grow in your faith, you can be a leader in your faith, and you also can be uh, the best athlete you can be uh, and, and play free. So just anybody out there listening, you can do both. Keep pushing. Um, yeah. Thank you for that, Jameis. Really appreciate your kind words, and I know the viewers will as well. And I just want to say thank you both again for joining us in the studio tonight. And I just want to wish you guys the best of luck for the rest of your season and for your game tomorrow. Um, and to all our viewers out there, join us next week as we finally can confirm the guest appearance of our men's golf team, which is very exciting for episode five. And I just want to let you know to just stay blessed and remember that God loves you. And I'm Mike Roberts. I'm Brian Weir. And this has been Wildcat Week.